Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast Live. I am your host, the Straight Edge Monster Jack, joined by Ryan, of course, with the fresh cut. Actually, it looks like you're sitting lower than me right now for some reason. I don't know why. You got some shit going on. Say something right quick. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. So, well, no, I moved the. Um, <laughs> I, I put the. I, so I'm on an iMac, and oh, I put okay. it up on a. I put it up on a box because. Um, oh, the, so the computer's just higher, way higher than you. Yeah. Or your camera's way higher than you, I should say. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, I'm I'm lo I'm lined up right with mine. So, yeah, that makes sense. Cuz I was like, "Damn, you look lower than usual when I went to the to the scene over here." But uh yeah, we are going to bring you guys a lot of stuff today. We've got five main topics to talk about and then of course mark that tweet. I'm rocking my Fight Forever t-shirt between Sami Zayn and uh Nakamura back in the day when the very first chant broke out, the very first Fight Forever chant. And the reason I'm wearing this is because Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns are the best part of WWE at the moment. And uh, if you watch SmackDown, you obviously know what I'm talking about. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, we are going to try to aim this higher than a Scarlet Fireball. All right. So let's do this. Uh, hot tag topics. <laughs> let's go. Numero uno. We've got to talk about it. It was the biggest news coming out of Grand Slam uh, Dynamite that didn't involve the title, and that was Soraya, formerly known as Paige, showing up in AEW at the end of the four uh, Fatal Four Way Women's Match between Tony Storm, where she uh, retained her title against Britt Baker. Um, uh, Britt Baker, holy shit, Serena Deeb and Athena, which was a crazy match, by the way. Athena really showed you why that they brought her over there in that match, I believe, as well. A lot of anybody that was having some doubts about why Athena was brought over, uh, I think she silenced a lot of people in that particular match. Uh, Tony Storm kept the title. Um, was they, The faces got beat down, of course, at the end because they had Rebel, too. So it was uh, four on two eventually after uh, Jamie Hayter came out and uh, rekindled her love for Britt Baker and uh, instead of turning face. So then, of course... Uh, surprisingly, lights didn't go out for this. Um, <laughs> just the, uh, like the staticky circle thing played on the thing. And then everybody was trying to figure out who it was. And if, depending on what video you watch from the fans, obviously, or if you were just watching it live, uh, some people already knew it was Paige or God, the, the, the video I watched because you, you saw how they set up the tunnels in the stadium. So it wasn't like actually against the stadium. It was more out in the middle part of the stadium. So people could see her walking and they, they the, from the camera angle, it was still far, very far away. So it was inter, it was like I was kind of impressed that they knew that it was Paige just from uh, the back of her because it wasn't like she did this long entrance to the tunnel. She had to go up steps and shit. So they're like, "Oh my god, is that Paige?" And everybody started fucking freaking out when uh, Soraya's name came up on the screen. Of course, use the uh, use the falling in reverse song, I believe, for her entrance entrance, which doesn't shock anybody. Obviously, her boyfriend is Ronnie Radke. Uh, so. She comes out, people go fucking nuts. You can see that she had tears in her eyes. Uh, I, guess, I don't think she was expecting that uh, from a whole different promotion, the, that kind of reaction. But it was a genuine shock, honestly, to me. And uh, no one was really reported on the fact that she could show up in AEW. She's teased it many times just to, we thought it was all like a leverage move with WWE so that they would keep her and uh, under that Legends deal or whatever. But then, of course, they released her from her Legends contract and all this other stuff uh, just a few months ago. But it doesn't shock me considering that CM Punk's wife, AJ Lee, and Moxley's wife, Renee, are huge uh, friends of hers. 
And who knows how much shit she's heard about how good AEW is and all this other stuff. Also, since the door was technically officially closed at that time uh, with WWE, it doesn't shock me that she showed up in AEW. I guess it just shocked me that it came out of nowhere like it did. And there was no rumblings or uh, reports that she was talking or anything like that. You know how it usually goes, like with the CM Punk or the Kenny Omega thing where they kind of they kind of tell you what they don't tell you type deal. It just really came out of nowhere. So uh, apparently, according to reports, she's not officially cleared, even though she said don't read too much in the dirt sheets. Uh, I feel like she's a lot more close to cleared if she's not than, uh, than not, because why would she debut or why would Tony Khan hire her? You get what I'm saying? Um, I think they're going to probably take the sting approach with this. Uh throw her out in maybe a couple easy tag team matches or something like that so she doesn't have to do a lot. See what she can take, see what she can't take, uh, then gradually give her more and more and more the more she doesn't get hurt and give her a lot of rest in between type deal. Uh, as far as her debut, I thought it was crazy, but what do you think this does for the women's division as a whole, even if she just becomes a manager in the long run, what do you think this does for AEW's women's division? And does it add to the legitimacy of the division as a whole? It depends on if she can wrestle. Like, because if she can't, having another manager doesn't really mean shit. Um, I, I like the addition. It does give some more depth and credibility to it and everything. But you kind of start to feel bad for the, the Ruby Riots and the Athenas and stuff like that when they come in. And they're, you know, you know, they're being told when they come in, like, yeah, we need to build up this division. We can put you at the top of the division, whatever. And they just keep bringing in more and more people. So you, know, you have Tony Storm, but at least they gave Tony Storm the title. So I guess it doesn't really count. But still, just like they are adding a lot of talent. It's just you have to wonder what they're telling these people when they bring them in and what their contracts look like, because um, it's going to get pretty crowded, uh, which, you know, like the men's division is not a bad problem to have, but it can lead to some. Uh, some discontent and people wanting to leave now that Triple H is running shit on the other side and you know that he's got uh, pretty close connections with some of these people who were you know fired from uh, Vince's regime or whatever so um, but we can agree that the two singles titles helps though right having two singles titles out the gate like this only three years in helps with the whole uh, hey I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to bounce. It's easier to obtain, especially after Jade eventually goes down to whoever she's going to go down to, right? So, like, I would say, especially if they add in uh, women's tag team title ba- uh, title belts at any given point, which is also possible once the Ring of Honor uh, thing splits off and they don't have so many titles on their AEW programming, I could easily see AEW women's tag titles eventually coming over as well. But like you said, this would all hinge really on if Soraya can even do anything in the ring anyway. It's not going to take away from Athena or a Ruby Riot because Soraya came in unless she can actually do something. And then even if she can do something, I think that only helps a Ruby Riot and Athena because one, there's another title to go after. And two, because it gives you somebody that you've never wrestled before. Because if you think about it, like I was thinking about it, Paige has been gone for so long. All those women that were in the ring right there, she's never had an actual national TV match with any of those women that were in that ring. Those are all fresh matchups. So if she can actually go, that's all shit we haven't seen before. Even if she goes against Ruby Riot, we haven't seen it before. So I think that that helps in this case as well. It's not like a, 
It's not like a Moxley and Danielson coming over and fighting Jericho. We've seen that already. You get what I'm saying? So it is an actual fresh matchup. So I do believe that helps as well. And like I said, if they have uh, tag titles in the near future, I think that would help. But there's another thing to this as well. But you're talking about the men's division, how convoluted is at the top. Well, that actually has been a helpful thing in the long run when you have multiple people get hurt. So you've had Penelope Ford and Chris Statlander and now Ruby Riot's on the shelf and Allie is still out. So or the bunny, whatever you want to call her. So she's still out with injuries and they're slowly starting to come back or whatever. Ruby just got hurt. Statlander's going to be out for a long time. So I think the extra depth actually helps in the long run instead of hurts. And I do believe they're a lot closer to women's tag team titles than a lot of people are thinking just because of the way that they've been splitting off some people in dark and dark elevation with like the Nyla Rose and Shafir tag team and the, uh, the wasteland coming in for uh, like their, their female version of bear country. Basically they're going to, but I do believe they'll actually be a part of the main roster uh, as well. And then of course you have, uh, you still got ring of honor sitting there as well. If you need to move anybody down there so i do i do think there's some wiggle room here maybe even more so than the men's to even bring in other women like we were talking about a few weeks ago with sasha and naomi i don't even think it would be that convoluted if they brought both of those women in as well just because of already having two divisions possibly having another division that includes two women right at a time maybe with a tag team and then, of course, with the injuries and stuff, you always want to have something to fall back on, especially when you're Tony Khan and you have a notebook full of shit for a year down the line and you're constantly tweaking stuff based off of what one person needs to do as far as vacation or bad media scrums or injuries. You never you got to tweak stuff here and there. And I think the deeper the roster, the more manageable it becomes. And then it doesn't look like you're running with a skeleton crew. Yeah. Um I I think the bigger issue though is still just going to be what promises were made to what people. So when you bring in somebody like Nathina or whatever, you bring in Tony Storm. Obviously, Tony Storm was probably told like, "Yeah, we're going to put you in the title picture." They say the same thing to Athena, but now she's kind of stuck in this like group versus group storyline. How long is this shit going to play out? I think the um... oh okay, well we got some more SmackDown teases following. Um, the so, way uh... Rabbit followed us. Oh shit. <laughs> Um, I think the, the biggest issue that you're going to have is, uh, okay. Interesting. All right. Nine twenty. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Nine twenty. Uh, We're definitely going to get to it. We'll get to that. Um, sorry, that's super distracting. Um, but yeah, so they're, they've got all these people that they're bringing in and you, you have to wonder what, uh, Tony has told them when they come in because, if you're telling like Athena, yeah, we're going to bring you in. We want to make you top of the division. Telling Tony Storm, yeah, we want to bring you in. We're going to make you top of the division. Now you're bringing in uh, Soraya, which is her correct pronunciation, by the way, according to her argument on Twitter. Um, Soraya. So it's not hey, what Excalibur was yelling out. It's not Soraya. Right. So okay. yeah, she 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 said on uh, she said on Twitter, Soraya. She spelled it out phonetically. Because I kept saying Soraya, and then when he's when Excalibur said it, I was like, well, Excalibur knows what he's talking about. So then I started saying in Soraya instead, just to get used to it. So I was like, over in my head, I was like, don't fuck this up on the show. But it's actually Soraya. Okay, cool. So I was so, saying it right the whole time, off well, show. It's weird because that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it's not how our parents pronounce it, so it's not what she goes by. So it's it's Soraya because that's just how Got they you. pronounce it but yeah All technically right. it's yeah um it's like the alicia versus alicia thing um but yeah so i think it's good 
it's great. Get some more big names in there, whatever. Um, I'm just curious to see how that plays out with what they've already promised other people. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We're, we're going to get to uh, the rest of Dynamite and Rampage right here. We're going to go to the next one. We got to talk about Muda, though. You know I love Muda. Yeah. And this was the coolest part of Rampage for me, uh, personally. Uh, and then it got even cooler afterwards because they announced that Sting is going to fucking Japan to wrestle in Muda's uh, retirement match. So that's yeah. badass. Uh, but yeah, this was cool as hell. So you had the House of Black, obviously, uh, going against um, Sting and Darby. And then it almost makes me sad because I feel like there's a part of this that if Malachi didn't leave, this was going to be a trios match with like a special fucking surprise partner, and it was going to be Muda. Well, do you remember John Moxley at that press conference a while ago? He was like fantasy booking, having Muda come in. And then he had that whole conversation with Tony, like sitting at the table, like where Tony was like, you know, you're going to, it's a good thing you have a good relationship with New Japan because he doesn't, he run Noah and whatever. You're the only one who can get away with saying that. Like, um, so, I mean, this, this is something that was brought up a while ago, knowing that he was on his little farewell tour thing. So yeah, probably that they definitely probably were planning that. Cause the way that Moxley laid it out was like, you just have a, a trios over here and then you have Darby Allen Sting and the Muda. Yeah, I mean, that would have been that would have been so cool because, you know, Alistair doing the the black mist or whatever. Then it got to the point where Sting did it to him. And then it was like setting up. It looked like it was going to be set up to be uh, Malachi versus Sting in a solo, like a singles match. And they kept doing the the shit. And then Miro was in there and maybe Miro was not supposed to be originally in that. We don't know. Uh, But yeah, like this could have easily been Muda, though, like actually having a match in AEW, which would have been fucking sick. And uh, I was very jealous of everybody at fucking Dynamite at Arthur Ashe Stadium because that was a sick show because they got to watch all that at the same time. Now, a lot of people left and a lot of people were complaining about certain people leaving to go do certain things. But if you are we, are we talking about pissed with the pissed discourse on Twitter, dude, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, God, dude. People complain um, about anything, dude. Like, OK, so let me I'm I'm actually a fan of the Church of Joshi. I've watched it many times on Twitch. Uh, I like Kayla Vision. I think she's fantastic. I don't really know or follow around with Alex as much, but that's the one that everybody was having a problem with for some reason. Um, for getting chicken tenders during this fucking show, right? So stupid because she's such an advocate for uh, female wrestling, and she openly admitted that during the Fatal Four Way match or right right before it or whatever. Have I don't know actually what time she went, but she got up to go get fucking chicken tenders. Well, oh no, my no, god, happened, who cares? No, what happened was she got up to go piss, and then on the way, oh, the back, other chick Kate was getting chicken tenders or some shit, right? No, no, no. So what happened was she got up to go piss was on her way back, realized that the concession lines were pretty short compared to earlier, and then she was just like, fuck, while it's short, I'm going to go ahead and grab some food. That's what it was. It was not like she left Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's what I, what I said about it was like, I, you know I, I love uh, Pac and Mira, right? I've been huge advocates for them the whole time. Like, I want to see them at the top. Pac's one of my favorite wrestlers, probably like tied for first one of my favorite wrestlers. And during the, the Fatal 4-Way at Forbidden Door, I just had to piss. I left in the middle. I left at the very start, like as they were coming down doing entrances or whatever, and they get back for like four or five minutes because like lines and whatever. Does that mean I was just a fake Miro and Pack fan the whole fucking time because I left briefly during the match because I had to pee? Come on, man. The, the whole thing is stupid. 
I do not understand. No, saying it, I mean, it's so weird because it's it's just one match anyway. It's not like she says yeah. she goes to piss every you're time just, the fucking you're women You're doing come the up. future of women's wrestling, bro. All right, <laughs> so anyway, so that aside, that aside, and also because the show was so long, look how many people people were leaving be- between uh, Ricky Starks and Hobbs as the main event. So yeah. all those people that want to see Ricky ha- or Ricky Starks and Hobbs be pushed to the top to the next level, they're not it's real Ricky, Ricky Starks and Hobbs fans because they left because they had to go go to work the next morning. So yeah, they're not all real fans. Then that's the same discourse, hour, right? Yeah, you you film a two hour rampage after doing a two hour dynamite. Yeah, people are gonna leave at like twelve thirty. You know, but no one's, no one's sitting there calling all these people out that like Ricky Starks fake, and Hobbs. Fake Ricky Starks. Yeah, you're Ricky, fake. You're fake, fake fans. Starks. It's the same concept. I'm sitting there like we, we're bitching about some st- stupid shit now on Twitter, bro. Some stupid shit. Um, I personally do not uh, get up ever after I sat down the first time. So what I do is we go find our seats, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whoever doesn't want to go get merch, food, whatever before the show stays there with our stuff. We go. Get the shit. As soon as I sit back down, I don't get up till we leave. I, I never have at a wrestling show. I've never gotten up to piss in the middle of a wrestling show. I've never got up to get merch in the middle of a, of a wrestling show. And I've never got up to uh, get some food in the middle of the wrestling show. I'll either wait till the end of it or I do it at the beginning of it. That's it. Um, but I've gone with people with very small bladders that get up multiple times. That doesn't mean they, they, they like the wrestling any less or so-and-so person any less. And... Uh, that's that's just weird to me. And also, there was really nowhere to get. Uh, if you think about it, you couldn't even wait between the two shows, right? You know, actually, I miss I miss the entire. You know, I like Lance Archer a lot. I missed his whole fucking match at Forbidden Door because it was like pretty early on in the card. Didn't know it was coming on. Yeah, you didn't even know um, it was. Uh, we didn't even know it was a match until it happened. Yeah, right. And then I was in I was in line at the concession stand trying to get drinks or whatever. So I missed the whole match because I'm a fake Lance Archer fan too. Fuck. Sorry, buddy. And Nick Camarado. You're a fake Nick Camarado fan as well. I'm not a, I'm not a Nick Camarado <laughs> fan, so I don't mind that. What are, they, what are they doing with the weird blue suit hat yeah, the, fucking lollipop shit? Like it's the so velvet bad. the velvet suit thing? Like the, the jogger sweaty. thing? I don't know what the yeah. hell he's got going on. It's weird. I don't That's know what awful. the hell he's doing. Uh, Deuce Bigelow gimmick? I don't know what's happening. Uh, yeah. The lollipop, too? Like, Isn't he always eating a lollipop or some shit, too? Yeah. It's fucking it's weird. Real, I don't know. Real weird. No, it looks like pedophile. Pedophile gimmick. I didn't say all that. Got the gold chain too. I don't know what the hell he's doing. It's um, fucking weird. Anyway, before we move on to the next topic, because we literally wasted all ten minutes on talking about piss breaks, Muda and uh, Soraya. <laughs> what else? We, there was a lot of shit that happened on these two shows, though. Yeah, um, Chris Jericho's champion. Chris Jericho, Ring of Honor champion. A lot of people do not like that. A lot of people try to justify oh. it with the Ring of Honor TV deal thing. What do you think? Uh, what were your initial thoughts when it happened? After you thought about it a little bit. Are you taking that side of it, or are you like, this is literally just because of the sports entertainer versus the wrestler thing to continue that feud? Or do you think this actually sets up for Garcia versus Jericho at a Ring of Honor event where Garcia beats Jericho and either becomes double champion or unifies the championships uh, all in one? Although I don't want them to unify them. I like the pure title. Um, Although I I will say that Tony Khan, I swear to God, 
stick with something, dude. Put the graphic with the fucking three rope break things up there. The last time they did the match between Garcia and Yuta, when Garcia won it, they didn't have that graphic up there, and it pissed me off. If you're going to have a special set of rules, and you want everybody to understand it that don't normally watch Ring of Honor or understand pure wrestling rules, put the graphic fucking on the screen. It wasn't intrusive. It was very small at the bottom of the screen. It's no different from an NFL game with the scores and the timeouts and all that shit. Put it up there, because it's a lot easier to follow. It's a lot more fun to follow that way. And then... When you go, if I have to go take a quote-unquote piss break at the house or go get some food that's ready out of the oven, when I come back in case I miss the rope break, I can see that, hey, this motherfucker only has one rope break left because I missed one instead of trying to fucking guess what the hell's going on because uh, you don't have any indications uh, on the fucking, like, match overlay for the pure title. I hate that. I hate that he went to it because I loved it so much, and then when he took it away, I was like, no, this is terrible. Put it back up there. Um, but I don't want them separated, but what do you think they're what, what do you think they're doing with the whole Jericho winning the Ring of Honor thing? Um, so when I first saw the match, what I expected him to win, I don't, okay, so I saw people talking about like, oh yeah, like, uh, Cesaro should have won, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as they booked that match and knowing Jericho literally just lost, I'm like, there's no way they have two guys in BCC go over him. They're giving the title to Jericho. Um, it seemed pretty obvious to me. So I was not surprised at all. Um, I knew it would be some bullshit. I knew they would do some fuck finish where, you know, Cesaro doesn't look bad or whatever. But I mean, yeah, no, you can't I, have Jericho almost beat Danielson, almost beat Moxley, and then lose again to Cesaro right. or Claudio. Yeah, there's no yeah. way. There's no way. So, no, I already already knew going in he was most likely winning that match, and it didn't bother me. Um, one, because I know that it's important to him in the sense of, like, oh, I want a title from every, like, major org or whatever, don't have the Ring of Honor one, like, I'd like the Ring of Honor one, whatever, just to be able to put it on his resume. That's cool. Like, you know what? Uh, for all the weird shit, dumb shit he does or says sometimes— He's been around long enough to where if he just wants to collect an accolade like that to have it on his resume as like a legendary wrestler, I'm completely cool with it. Cesaro, that's his first world title. He had a, a decent length little like midterm run with it. Cool. Now he can move on to other stuff. Um, totally, totally okay with this. And then also, like you were talking about, some people had mentioned the TV deal. Just like when they were trying to get the TV deal for AEW, it does make sense to have an established name as your champion so that you can sell it to networks and stuff. Like, Especially it, if you're trying to get on a bigger network than Sinclair Broadcasting. Right. We're trying to get a big We're trying to get a big deal for Ring of Honor. We're trying to get a shit ton of eyes on it. It's not just, hey, we need to get back on TV. We care about where we are on TV. We need most right. eyes on TV so that we can get extra ad revenue for me buying this fucking company because this is where, where, this is where it's going to sink or swim with that TV deal. Anyone that didn't realize this made the most sense and expected to go on in, I'm just kind of like, you're not really paying attention to booking, and you're not paying attention to the business part either. Like, it's just speaking of the business part of it, are, can we just can we just point out right quick that there was a lot of people, including myself, that thought Claudio was too big for the Ring of Honor title when he eventually won it anyway, and the people were like, why are you going to bring in Claudio, have him come in at Forbidden Door, do all this cool shit, do the War Games thing, and then go to fucking Ring of Honor to win that title when Ring of Honor isn't really even an ongoing promotion at the time, and shouldn't he be fucking pushed uh, to the moon on the regular AEW shows, and people had a problem with it, but now they magically have a problem with Jericho fucking winning it from Claudio. How does that make sense? Uh, so a lot of people just have a weird, like, issue with hating Jericho in general, um, because of his political stuff, which obviously, you know, I'm super not on the same page with, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not on the same page with any right. of that shit either, but that yeah. being said, like, that's not a reason to, to be like, oh yeah, he shouldn't beat somebody for it. 
Uh, I think that's where a lot of that comes from, especially on Twitter. It's just like weird, people with weird personal things against Jericho because of his kind of shitty political views. Um, but yeah, man, I I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine. I think that it makes the title more important, uh, gives it some prestige it doesn't have. And then again, it makes beating Jericho mean something because they've been using him a lot in these positions in their booking where it's like, he's kind of like the final boss of inner circle he's the final boss of jericho appreciation society whatever you have him drop two matches in a row he kind of loses a little bit of that momentum you have to give him something that makes it mean something to beat him so the, the only thing i wish that they would have done the, the only thing i wish they would have done is kept him as lionheart to win that match because he lost his lionheart to danielson and moxley i wish he would have done the lionheart yeah. gimmick when he beat claudio because I think it would have been hilarious because and 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 at the beginning, do the handshake and think make everybody think you're old school Lionheart, ECW right. good baby the face, and shit. then do yeah. the low blow at the end. And oh, I think that would have been a lot better as far as uh actual storytelling. When he when he came out there and they announced him as the wizard, I was like, ah, come on, come on. I didn't like that yeah. part. Um I I didn't so the the way that that seems to me is that he wouldn't I mean, I like that booking idea in the sense of like, you know, tricking everybody, whatever. Especially me, Daniel Garcia, almost, too, because if what if you would have had Garcia come yeah. out with him right. and thinking, OK, yeah, he's going to win the shit legit or whatever. And then he does everything he can to Claudio to win it legit, but he cannot get him to fucking tap out. Or maybe he kicks out of the fucking Judas, right? Because that's such a protective move for Jericho. What if he kicks out and Claudio is supposed to be the Swiss Superman? So it would make sense for Claudio to be this big motherfucker to kick out of the Judas, to be the first one or second one to kick out. Um, cause I think, I think somebody else did kick out. I think Moxley kicked out of it, but anyway, uh, hit Claudio with it, which would actually work out in the long run because they're both BCC members. But anyway, uh, he kicks out of it and Jericho, that's when he gets frustrated and is like, he gives him the fucking low blow to win or whatever. Uh, maybe a low blow code breaker combo or some shit like that, or another low blow and then another Judas, something like that. And then when, and then Garcia's like, fuck, I thought he had turned the corner and he was going to win this shit legit. And then I think that would have gave it another wrinkle going into the Garcia versus Jericho type deal. Yeah. Um, also kind of curious what they're doing with the, the Garcia Yuta thing um, with obviously Yuta being in BCC, but it making more sense for Garcia to be in it. If they just bring in both or Yuta defects or whatever they do. Um, but they, they've also been planting seeds of, uh, Garcia and Huda, like having this long history together. So maybe they'll just end up being like the tag team of the two or something like that. We'll see. What um, about the murders row of fucking opponents for Moxley now that he beat Daniel, uh, uh, Danielson in the fucking main event of dynamite to win the world title again. So he's the first ever three time champ, right? He was going to go on vacation. He surprised you and me because we thought Danielson should have won it. As with oh, yeah, a lot of other people, I even re I quote tweeted my own tweet and said this aged well because <laughs> I was I, I can admit when I was wrong. I still don't think it makes any sense. I think I think they should have went the other way, but that's okay. Um, I guess if you're going to give the title to MJF in the end, I guess it really doesn't matter. I think it would probably it would probably would be better for him to beat Moxley because he can have more bragging rights because it was the first ever three time champion and he beat him um instead of having danielson finally win it and then lose it right around the corner at full gear so yeah. got full gear coming up in november uh, i'm not really sure how i am feeling about another short reign for moxley back to back if that's the way they go with this um but the, he does have a murderers murders row fucking of opponents coming up he's got to fight adam page who won the golden ticket battle royal right well, that was badass then he has to fight juice robinson next week on dynamite from yeah. new japan and who actually has a winning record over Moxley in the last year or whatever. 
because he ended up winning the uh, U.S. title or whatever in that Fatal 4-Way at, I believe, I forgot what show it was. I don't think it was Wrestle Kingdom, but he ended up winning the Fatal 4-Way um, to be U.S. champion, but then remember he had to drop it right after because of uh, appendicitis or some shit, right? I believe. Juice, Juice yeah, did. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's got to fight. He's got to fight Juice Robinson next week. Then he's got to fight Adam Page. And then, of course, you have MJF sitting there waiting to cash in his chip uh, to get the title shot, which will probably obviously happen at full gear um, because the original plans was CM Punk versus MJF at full gear. So uh, what do we do here uh, with Moxley? Do we just have him run over the entire roster? Because it doesn't make sense for him to drop the title before mjf anyway but it also kind of suspends belief as well because you've already been setting up moxley versus mjf so why should i give adam page a true chance or juice a true a true shot and the in the title eliminator match uh next week uh when fucking page lost in the first round of the of the tournament right he lost in the very first round to danielson and uh juice i don't think has ever beaten him one-on-one and Probably won't this time either, obviously. Even even if it is a title eliminator match, I don't think he's going to beat him. Um, by the way, I wish they would change that. I wish somebody would win a title eliminator match so they could get the so they could actually get the title match and then lose that or something. Like, because there's only only so many times you can do this and they don't win the initial title eliminator match. We got to make it actually mean something. Have somebody eventually win one of these. I don't care if they actually win the title match that follows, but Jesus Christ, can we get there? Can we get there? It's like a play-in game, but the fucking uh, underdog team never wins. It's weird. So there's a there's another interesting little thing in this too. Um, Moxley has a GCW title match against Nick Gage. Yeah, that's the title versus career thing. Yeah, right. I don't think TK lets Nick Gage beat Moxley. While Moxley's still the champion. And I don't think Nick is retiring. So how do you book around that? Well, what when does that take place? Pretty fucking soon. Um, but not point. before the Juice Rob- Robinson match on Wednesday, right? Aren't GCW shows usually on like Friday or Saturday nights? GCW Fight Club, October 8th and 9th. Yeah, well, that's way be that's way after Juice Robinson this week, right? I'm not worried about the Juice Robinson part. No, I'm just saying unless... that it would make sense if Juice came out there at GCW and fucked them both up, and they got a no contest type of deal. I don't think TK really cares about him losing the GCW title. It's not like he ever comes out there with the AEW title or anything when he's at GCW anyway. Yeah, it just looks weird. I just um, think it's I think TK views it as like a fucking alternate timeline type deal more than anything else because it's not like Moxley hasn't lost over there before. Well. He hasn't lost over there as their world champion, um, as AEW's world champion. I think that's the concern. It's we're sending our world champion to a lower indie org, and he's losing a match while he's the head of our shit. It just looks weird, even if it's a hardcore match and he gets fucking set on fire and blah blah blah. Like it's it's just it's strange. I, I don't know how how TK would feel about that. Um, so my thought is, you got till I guess what two weeks from now. One weekend, yeah, it's the weekend after this coming weekend. So, well, maybe Juice wins the title eliminator. I doubt it. No, and then fights uh, Juice, and then he can show up at GCW to fuck that matchup. If you don't want Moxley to lose, I don't think I think Moxley's losing against Nick Gage. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I think he has to because I don't think Nick Gage is retiring. I don't think he's going to agree to retire. Um, I don't think he's financially secure enough to retire. Um, I don't know enough about his finances, obviously, but I just I don't see that being the case with him basically just doing GCW stuff. I doubt they pay that well. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's complicated because um, you can't really do a no contest in a no DQ match. Which I'm assuming it's going to be because it's Nick Cage and Moxley. <laughs> you know, they're not having a fucking. I think that helps protect Moxley. Ring of too, Honor by the pure way. rules match. Um, yeah. I, I think know. having that happen actually protects him in the long well, run, I, too. So even if it was a situation where TK didn't want him to lose, so like, dude, it's it's no DQ and you're going against fucking Nick Gage in GCW. Like, yeah, you're losing. You're losing. They, the issue, yeah, but you have to think too. When they originally set this matchup, it was back in like uh, early August, I think, mid-August, and Moxley wasn't going to be the champion at that point. That was never, that wasn't the plan. He wasn't going to be the champion going into this. He's probably going to drop the GCW title. Uh, he was already going to be on vacation. He's going to come back from his vacation, do this little match with Nick Gage, go back on vacation after dropping the GCW title to the guy everybody will see be GCW champion if it's not Moxley. Um, now that he's champion, there's like a weird kind of angle to that. I, I don't know how they book around that because I, Nick Gage is probably not losing retirement. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. So what else on Dynamite and Rampage did you enjoy or whatever? Did you uh, enjoy you the, the uh, uh, Did you enjoy the Jungle Boy Phoenix match from Rampage? Uh, I don't think I saw that. So Rampage, I only watch bits and pieces of, which I normally will do if I already know the results. So. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a fake fan, um, but I did not watch the Jungle Boy Ray Phoenix match. I'll probably go back. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. Uh, what did you think? Uh, oh, by the way, reports saying that Julia Hart is okay, by the way. Just so everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, that was a nasty bump. I did, fucking brutal, yeah. dude. Just overshot how, it. How did you, um, it was like a fucking cartoon, dude. Only her ass he went through the fucking... Yeah. Went through the like table. A, like only the part of her, the, that's hill, the only part of her body that hit the table, and you could sell. That, that's the only part that broke. It was crazy. I was like, "Damn, Julia, Jesus yeah, Christ!" Um, that was a that was a nasty looking. I feel like if I was at ringside, I probably would have been like, "Hey, like, are you fucking good? Like, are you okay?" Probably would have checked on her myself uh, as a fucking fan at the barricade because that was nasty looking. But, when, uh, when her face did, when her face did the O thing. Yeah. Like she felt it. Like I was like, "Oh shit!" And she's. I thought she was at minimum concussed, mild concussion, minimal. Yeah, that, but that I guess not. Well, I guess she's okay. I'm glad. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a nasty bump. How'd you uh, how'd you feel about how they booked the uh, Eddie Kingston Guevara thing? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. A lot of people are having problems with it. I don't get it. That's a common thing in wrestling has gone back way before fucking WWE. If you don't listen to the referee, you get fucking DQ'd. And in fact, I don't understand why it doesn't happen more often because there was a lot of times there in AEW where they weren't weren't listening to the referee and yet somehow they still magically won the, won the fucking match. Like, so that was, and and that actually works with Eddie Kingston's character too. Honestly, I think it worked out very well. So I, I like the way that um, Ty Conti and Sammy were selling it as they were going back up the ramp. That was probably my favorite part. He was like so confused, and she's just like, "Yeah." He was like, "I won," and she was like, "Telling him that he won." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What happened?" Uh, you could admit, yeah. you could see him mouth, mouth what happened. Yeah, that shit yeah. was funny. They were really good at that. Um, it's very easy to hate them, but you know they, they actually are pretty good at what they do. Um, I I didn't have a problem with it. What I what I did have a problem with, like kind of you, the people on Twitter that were acting confused about it. Now, I will say it is a little bit weird to have the match 
go to Eddie and then get overturned by DQ. That's a little weird. But people were saying dumb shit like, oh, like, that you don't have this in real sports where somebody can win and then the, the win gets overturned because of the ref decision or whatever. It's like, dude, go watch a fucking football game. If there's a penalty on the play, they'll call back a whole touchdown. Like, what are you talking about? That, that happens all the time. That's that's a real sports thing. Or in uh, in UFC, if they find out, or boxing, if they find out somebody was cheating or whatever after the fact, yeah, they overrule decisions like that all the time. What, what do you mean? Of course it happens in real sports. So I thought, I thought it was a really dumb argument that they were having. No, it, it really is a dumb argument, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I didn't understand that either. Now, Dave Meltzer's fucking point, they that's not entirely correct. Now the football thing that you're talking about, yes. Like if there's pass interference on the if there's pass interference on the touchdown or holding on the touchdown, the touchdown isn't counting. But if it's a if it's like a fucking uh taunting or a uh or something like that after the fact, then the touchdown still counts and they put it on the extra point or the kickoff. They don't do it, they don't call back the fucking touchdown if it's after the play. If it's before the play, like a pass interference or a or a holding or whatever, then yes, uh, they will they will pull it back. So yes, you're you're right on that. Um, yeah, that, to say that that doesn't happen in real sports is one of the dumbest things. Also, this is not the first time it's ever happened. They act like this has never happened. That's what annoys me. It's not even the fact that hey, we're trying to compare it to other sports. Hey, let's compare it to wrestling. It happened all the time. They use this all the time in WCW and WWE. If you fucking don't let go of the hold. They will ring the bell a couple of times and then all of a sudden, hey, we're reversing this decision. There's multiple fucking instances where this happened. I don't understand why people are... I don't know, man. I feel like everybody on Twitter hasn't watched any wrestling before 2009. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. You know what? You you say that jokingly, but you do have to remember we are older. Like, we're in our mid-30s. Like, some of these people really are, like, 18, 19, 20. And well, that's why I made never, the joke on yeah. Twitter about where was my 10-minute video package explaining the history between Sting and Muda, because right. how am I supposed to know this? A lot of these people, dude, they weren't even around watching wrestling when WCW was a thing. Like, that, you just have to remember that sometimes, so. And that's crazy to me, because these are guys that are supposedly, supposedly, there's a lot of these that are supposed to be huge fans of AJ Styles and don't even know that he wrestled in WCW. Or, yeah, or they know that he was impact, in Impact but never saw a match. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I guarantee you, if, if AJ Styles went to AEW, they would say, oh, they're just getting another WWE guy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You yep. figured it out, buddy. Jeez. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, I can't really think of anything else. I feel like there's something else big that happened on the show that we haven't talked about. What do you want to talk about? Anything else? Tag match. <laughs> yeah, the tag team titles change in hands, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Which, which kind of we already knew. Right? You knew they were going to change hands, though. Yeah, I, just, I don't know how I feel about it, though. Do you like how they changed hands? Not really, because... I don't have a problem have... with the acclaimed winning them. But right. do you think this actually sets up the split between Swerve and Lee now, though? A little bit, but I what I honestly didn't like was fucking Billy Gunn giving a famouser to Swerve, and then everybody cheers him like he's a fucking face for doing it. Like, obviously, Swerve tried to cheat earlier with the boombox and all that stuff, but it didn't work. So then you have Billy Gunn cheating to help his boys win, and I just, it didn't come off, it didn't come off to me the way that I thought they were going for. It just seemed like, 
Yeah, you cheated to win <laughs> titles, bro. That's not a good thing if you're a face tag team. I didn't have a problem um, with it. I yeah, mean, swears. I, I didn't like it. I kind of like it when the 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 heel 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 guy gets the comeuppance type deal. I like that because it doesn't happen yeah. very often. So I think I liked it honestly. I think there was a way to do that without him being directly involved. Though. So like he gets in a little pointing shouting match or whatever with Swerve, and then somebody does like a tope over the top, hits him, throws him in the ring, and then that's how they're able to do their finish. Like that would have been fine for me. Um, but would you? I mean, it's one, it's one one weird. now. Is this not a good way to set up? Round three, rubber match. Yeah, but then what? You have you have Swerve and our glory lose two in a row to a team that I understand people love them. I know they've been there since the beginning. Like they were put together in AEW, the big fan favorites. They've got the most tag wins, whatever, because of other wins on Dark Elevation, whatever. Let's be real though, they're not they're not a top, top, top team. Like and do you have Swerve in our glory lose to them twice in a row? Okay, but can't we just can't we just say that is not is the acclaim not the new new age outlaws for this modern crowd though? They have such an overact that it doesn't matter if they're the best tag team in the ring at the time. You can get title reigns based off of overness. You yeah. gotta strike while it's hot, bro. You can't wait till it fucking fades away and then be like, oh, we're gonna put the titles on you now. I understand that. Um but I don't think they're an act that people are would get tired of in any near future. You got time for that. I don't know. I'm curious to see what they do with uh, with Swerve and Lee now. We'll see. And because Billy Gunn is there, you can always bring the Ass Boys back into it as so, well. Yeah, they, they did the Ass Boys FTR. FTR, yeah, yeah, I get that. But they're not going to be FTR, so it doesn't matter. But here's the thing: is uh, is what I'm saying well, is that's like my maybe point. you they're not going to be FTR but then you're going to bring them back into the fold after they lose to a team that's not the champions to lose to the champions. It doesn't really make sense. No, what I'm saying is, okay, let's say let's say the Acclaim win the rubber match because of the Ass Boys interfering uh, or trying to interfere or whatever. What, you get what I'm saying? It, it could go either okay. way. I don't really care, but bring them in. Okay. Because you could have TK be like, okay, we saw what happened at Arthur Ashe. We're going to give you the rematch, but Billy Gunn is banned from ringside. Well, the ass boys come out, and now this is their chance to cost the fucking acclaimed the titles back. And it could be a yeah. short reign at maybe full gear or something, you know, like yeah. because then they could actually have a decent reign in between. Then you could set up another uh, ass boys versus fucking uh, the acclaimed match in a kind of like a street fight or something at uh, a dynamite or something uh, that has a stipulation, basically. Uh, you know, when, when AEW first started, I think one of the things that we talked about was comparing it to New Japan and how having longer title reigns makes things more, like, meaningful, more, um, it's more, prof more profound when somebody wins it. But I do feel like with the talent that they have at the top now, it almost makes sense to kind of hot potato it a little bit because you want everybody to seem credible as challengers to the title at any time. Um, yeah, like so I don't think it actually like the like the two thousand to two thousand two era where you had seven main event guys and then who, whoever was in that pay per view you didn't you honestly did not know who was going to come out of the fucking pay per view as champ because they legit had a real shot to win the fucking title and it wasn't just like uh, and no shade at Lance Archer but it wasn't fucking Adam Page versus Lance Archer in a Texas Death Match and you already knew Adam Page was going to win going into it you get what I'm saying right. something like that yeah yeah um. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I with the tag titles, especially they they have such a good tag division. 
that I don't think it, I don't think it really hurts for them to, to update it a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't see the ass boys place in that right this second though. Um, they might, they, yeah, they might book something where they come in and interfere, have Swerve and Glory win it back, do a short little feud with the claimed and Aspos. But it seems like such a downgrade after winning the titles. And then you, at some point, have to do something with FTR before one of the other orgs that has them as their champions says, okay, it's time for you to drop it. Because you, you kind of want them to have the four titles at once. That's the, that's the cool booking to do before they lose one of their other, their other org titles. Um, I'm kind of surprised Triple H... Or Triple H, Triple A, <laughs> Triple A hasn't called. I'm sure Triple H has also called. I was kind of surprised Triple A hasn't called and said, um, "Hey, like it's it's time to lose us or whatever." So you know what would have been cool, and of course that's pretty much thrown out the window for the foreseeable future. Is obviously Punk and FTR. We're talking about going after the trio's titles together whenever they came in, right? Yeah. And guess you know who was the inaugural champs was the Bucks and Omega as the Elite. And if you would have had FTR win the titles, the tag titles from the Young Bucks instead of the way that they went okay. with uh, Swerve and Our Glory, you could have had your multiple time or multiple like four time champs right there or four four holders, right? Well, that then been their fourth titles. They got three right now. So they got the AAA, the Ring of Honor, and the IWGP, right? Uh, so you have the... Uh, I'm actually surprised that IWGP hasn't taken the titles off before AAA, honestly, if we're being real. Um so you have the four sets of titles, and then you've got them winning the inaugural fucking tournament, and then you have, hey, we want those titles away from you too, and FTR was going to go try to get the fucking trios titles. I mean, they end up losing, obviously, to the Elite, but of course that's all out the window now, but that, that would have been fucking nuts to have the Elite with the trios titles come out, Punk as world champion, and FTR with fucking four sets of titles, all yeah. the all in the same fucking match. It would have been some cool fucking history to witness. Uh, even even with Punk and FTR obviously losing, uh, would have been fucking sweet to see though. Yeah, um, and that's a pretty easy story to tell too. Is just uh, you you do it as like, hey, we've got like years of synergy together, and what you guys have is that you all like Bret Hart. Yeah, but um, obviously it's 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 always the core thing is Young Bucks versus FTR. Who's the best of this generation type deal? Like. It just would have been an added wrinkle, something cool to look back on because it involved a, a different set of titles, like the trio's titles. It involved Omega. It involved Punk all around the core thing, which isn't Omega and Punk, believe it or not. It's FTR versus Young Bucks and would have really, I think, helped boast the tag division and the importance of tag team wrestling in AEW another step higher because it would have had punk and Omega with the AEW world champion and trios titles involved, but everybody's still just focused on FDR versus young bucks. I thought it would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, it probably would have been, but some people are whiny piss babies that can't control themselves. So I guess we'll never see it. Um, and some people are bigger whiny piss babies. We'll, we'll get into later, but we're going to talk about, <laughs> yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about this first though. We got to talk about this. Who is the white rabbit dude? Who is the White Rabbit? Now, this is, if you've been following WWE, and by the way, I do love the fact that they've been playing this song. I thought it was weird that they started doing it at the house shows, but the more it goes on, the more they drag it out. They're viral advertising in our Twitch chat, so there you go. Um, they're, they're more, the more that this goes on, the more I like it. Um, I love the song choice. I think it's great. Of course, everybody, you'd be shocked at how many people think this is fucking Killer Cross. Because of Lucha Underground, of all things. Killer Cross, Karrion Cross, whatever you want to call him, 
is literally in the middle of a feud on SmackDown with Drew McIntyre. You already see him every week. I can't. I cannot see a situation <laughs> where just, this would be carrying cross. Yeah. How does he's, that make any sense? He's teasing a new Titan Tron. Um, yeah, no, it's stupid. Uh, it, it's pretty much already figured out from the fact that it's the exact same font on the Hangman shirt, the You Did shirt, as Bray Wyatt's old font from. Uh, so it's like literally the exact same D's and I's and whatever. So it's it's clearly Bray Wyatt. It's not really a mystery. They're not trying to make it too much of a mystery either because they want people to know. Because they want people to tune in to see it. So yeah, it's, not, it's no, it's no different from the not, Kenny Omega or the CM Punk thing. Yeah, right. They're not. It's not like a secret, secret. It's not like, and even, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the second time that Y2J came, um, and he came out during the Randy Orton thing or whatever. Like, it was the most simple fucking number letter cipher imaginable. They wanted people to know that it was Jericho, but they still tried to make it act like it was a fucking secret. And it's like a minute and a half long of the most obvious, like simple baby could solve it code type shit. Like it's just like, yeah, we know we get it. It's Jericho. You don't have to, you don't have to make it sound like it's a mystery. It's really not. Um, but yeah, man, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen some of these Twitter accounts? Maybe it's yeah. not so easy. Like, like maybe they yeah. really did think they solved something. Um, I solved bigger codes in MySpace HTML, honestly. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of it is, a. Uh, well, you got people, I guess you could say that people are real confused by it still because of the carrying cross thing. Like, it's clearly not carrying cross. Um, it wouldn't make any sense for it to be carrying cross. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I, if it is, if it, if, like, let's just say in the worst mm -hmm. world possible that it is carrying cross, would this yeah. not, would that not be like one of the top letdowns in wrestling history? <laughs> Like that has got to be so bad. He's literally on TV already in the middle of a storyline. Why would you repackage him in the middle of a storyline with Drew McIntyre? I can't believe that anyone actually thinks that it's carrying cross. It's crazy to me. It wouldn't be the worst thing in history. Like as far as debuts. I mean, TNA has had some bad. Uh, That's the first one that then, came hey, to mind. Tito Ortiz. Yeah, Tito Ortiz is literally the first thing that came to mind when you asked. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it wouldn't be the worst, um, but it'd be it'd be pretty bad. Yeah. All right, so we're in agreement that it's Bray Wyatt. It's Bray Wyatt. It's, now, it's, is this going to be as soon as they use the same font? It was very obvious it's Bray Wyatt. Well, I I thought it was Bray Wyatt as soon as they used the red light at the end of the White Rabbit song on the Howl Show because it was yeah, the same red light. They're making it very fucking obvious to everybody. Yeah, but, but like, here's the thing: just I, do you think that when he finally debuts, they do the White Rabbit thing and then they just go back into his old theme? Because his old theme is so sick. Like his theme is really good. So they, there's no, no reason to keep like the White Rabbit his entire theme. Is it just a setup? And then like they'll play it at the beginning of his very first intro, and then they'll get rid of the White Rabbit thing. But you do mean, you like think the, this is a whole new character with him? Do you think it's a whole new character? Do you think it's a, a fiend or a new version of the fiend? Or do you think it's just a new version of Bray Wyatt uh, with the cult leader type deal? What do you think? Where do you think they go with this? Do you think Bray Wyatt has literally came up with a whole new fucking character, which is obviously possible. He's had plenty of time to think. I mean, most likely they give him some like Donnie Darko looking mask and uh, have him do cult shit again. Not super supernatural, but like a little supernatural. But mostly cult stuff because I think they realize at this point like the supernatural thing is kind of fucking lame. They don't even do it with Judgment Day anymore. So, yeah, funny uh, how that worked out when Edge didn't want to do it. Yeah, Edge could have been the fucking leader this entire time. It's so stupid. It makes that look even dumber have, now. Instead of having Finn Balor come out as a demon, they have him come out dressed like fucking prison Mike. 
I don't I don't understand <laughs> the purple bandana look or any of that stuff. I don't know what they're doing there. Um, but yeah, they they swerved pretty quickly away from the from the supernatural thing on that. And I wonder if maybe that actually is because of Bray Wyatt coming in too. Maybe they're like, hey, we don't want too many supernatural things. So you guys are going to go to more like just really mean guys who can convince other people to join your gang as opposed to supernatural because we're going to have the the Bray Wyatt thing be the supernatural thing and that's going to be it. Who knows? But uh, they did back off that real quick. So we'll see. Do you expect not me not to push you up against the wall, Biatch? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't understand the purple bandana thing either. I mean, maybe they thought it looked cool on uh, Adam Page when he's doing matches with Dark Order and like, hey, man, let's get that shit on somebody right now. That shit looks cool. I don't fucking know what they were thinking. Yeah, but, yeah, there's there's almost there's a zero percent chance this isn't Bray Wyatt, right? I would you say would you go to a zero? I said, like, unless they're doing a repackage for Alexa Bliss, it's like point zero 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 one percent chance of somebody else because they're literally using the exact same Bray Wyatt font. It doesn't make any sense for it to be someone else. Where do we think this is eventually going to happen? Extreme Rules? Extreme Rules is when he debuts back or re-debuts? Uh, they were teasing something for this coming Monday. Yeah, but they are, they've they been teasing stuff constantly. That's the whole thing. They tease SmackDown, then they tease the coordinates for Canada. I highly doubt he's going to debut in Canada on Raw. So they're making you go from show to show, and there's a new clue every fucking time. Do we think? That, I mean, there's only so so long you can keep this up before everybody's like, okay, fucking debut this guy. So I'm thinking out of pay per view, obviously, because you want people to tune into your pay per view, right? Yeah. Um, <sighs> Got to make those Peacock numbers look strong before that contract comes up. Yeah, but I also, well, first of all, Peacock's doing a goddamn $1.99 a month deal for 12 months or whatever. He's on it right now, so it's like 24 bucks for a year. Uh, but for some reason, money. the streaming those streaming platforms boast numbers more than they do the actual revenue. Like that's like that's a bigger deal type deal. You get what I'm saying? Like when they do their quarters, they're not they're like oh, but we got so many people. new subscribers. Yeah, no shit because they were only a dollar ninety nine for a fucking right. year or whatever. Yeah, uh, or packaged with uh, like mobile carriers or whatever. I know that. Um, so I so I found out the other day that uh, I can get like a dealer line thing through T-Mobile, where their ninety dollar line would only be like 17 bucks for me or something fucking crazy because of who I work for. And well, um, I mean, think about, think about the Walmart plus stuff where everybody that has Walmart plus, you get Paramount plus now for free. If you got Walmart plus. Right. So with, what I was going to say with the T-Mobile thing is that they bundle Netflix with it. And I'm like, you know, Netflix is using that to pad their subscriber number two, but those are, those are definitely subsidized. Like T-Mobile might be paying them some cut of a normal subscription to be able to offer that as a service, but it's not the full subscription cost. So who knows, man, that's a, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they could do that. But here's the thing, too. Um, I don't think that there's anybody watching WWE right now or not. Let me let me reword that. I don't think there's anybody not watching WWE right now that is hearing Bray Wyatt's coming back. And they're like, oh, shit, like I got to I got to keep up with the product again. Like, he's cool. He's a good wrestler. He's like really good promo. He's like really interesting or whatever. But I don't think he's the type of guy where people who are not already watching the product would come back to the product to see it. I mean, I, okay. So I'm going to watch the pay-per-views regardless. I don't watch right. raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis, but I will watch the pay-per-views. So if he debuts on the pay-per-view and I get to see his comeback, awesome. And I will keep up with what they're doing with him just because I want to see if they're going to fuck him up for the fourth time. But other than that, no, like I'm, I would be excited to see a Bray Wyatt match or anything. He can, he obviously he can fucking go. 
obviously he's charismatic on the mic. He's really good. And whether it's pre-taped or live or whatever, he's going to be one of your fucking top guys in all these different categories. So he should be at the top of your uh, promotion easily. So would it make me watch week to week? No, but even seeing Punk going back to WWE wouldn't make me watch week to week at this point. Like they have lost so much favor with me, Impact style, that it's going to take a shit ton for me to come back weekly. I mean, you'd have a better shot at saying Paul Heyman's in in control of creative again for me to come back to watch week to week. Yeah, um, I, the Bloodline stuff that they're doing is really good right now. Um. Other than that, there's not really a lot going on that I care that much about. So I'm not watching week to week either. Um, well, that's all. That's always been the case with WWE, right? Like, uh, like the top of the card will be pretty decent, and then the rest of the card is just thrown together garbage that no one. It looked like a eight year old wrote. You say always, but no. <laughs> like, the top wait. of the card. The top of the card is always, always? pretty good. Always. Uh, I don't know. Maybe when. I don't know about some of the Goldberg reigns or some of the, I mean, I like Lashley too, but even when, when he was on top, it wasn't exactly like must-see shit. So I wouldn't say always. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not saying storyline lies either, but I mean, if I can get a chance to see Goldberg get his ass kicked by The Fiend or Lesnar, I'm probably watching it. Yeah, maybe. Or what? Did he lost to McIntyre too, right? Speaking of Lesnar. Or was that Lesnar? Lesnar lost to McIntyre. Real quick on Lesnar. He had posted a picture uh, somewhere. Of, yeah, he uh, shaved his beard. No, no, no. The mule deer that he killed. And somebody retweeted it and they were like, I love Lesnar, but I, I hate this hunting shit, man. Bro, if you eat meat, you don't get to say shit about hunting. <laughs> like, ever. I know this is, like, super off topic, but you just be... I do not understand the mentality of people that are like, oh, hunting... First of all, mule deer is not a goddamn trophy animal. Like you, you take their head, you'll probably mount it, whatever, but it's not like a trophy animal. It's a food animal. Um, if you go to a supermarket and you buy meat of any kind, you don't get to say shit about hunting, ever. I, I mean, it's just, I mean, did they just meet or just see Lesnar for the first time or something? Like, I don't understand. Too. Like, like he's, what? he's constantly this talking is... <laughs> about hunting and all kinds of stuff. He talked about, talked with Steve Austin about it on their, on the, yeah, Pat McAfee? the podcast as well. Yeah, the man, Pat man. McAfee interview he did, bro, like the whole his whole thing with the uh the butcher uh people or whatever that I bought his seasoning from. Yeah. Like he had he's the he they taught him how to cut fucking meat. He has his own shit on his fucking farm, dude. Like what are you talking about? He's literally a country boy constantly. Like yeah. big time. What I hunting season just started here too. Um September 10th for archery. Still a little warm out. Um so I've only gone out a couple times, but like Dude, it's it's so crazy to me seeing people say shit like, "Oh, I hate this hunting shit," but like, I know you eat meat. You're not a vegan, so what are you talking about? I promise it's a lot. That animal dies so much quicker and so much more like painlessly, broadly speaking, than they do being farmed and raised in a goddamn industrial factory and then <laughs> having a goddamn bolt gun put to their head so you can go buy. Speaking a, of uh, speaking of animals, do you, speaking of animals, do you smell a fish? Um, Do you smell a fish? I know. T- I heard like twenty people smelled fish at some point. Um, um because we got to talk about this, Bobby Fish. <laughs> let's just talk about Bobby Fish for a second here, okay? Let's. Mm-hmm. It's its own topic. Do you smell a fish? I made a fairly uh, comical joke about 
instead of it's being I smell a rat in wrestling circles it should be do you smell a fish because this motherfucker has tried to destroy AEW from the inside out I don't understand what his logic was behind all this besides his hatred for CM Punk which apparently blew up to astronomical proportions uh, because he doesn't think CM Punk can uh, throw a Muay Thai kick better than he can or some shit I don't know it's took it very personally I don't know a Muay Thai I don't know what the fuck is. Uh... My tie is a drink, first of all. Anyway, he, uh, he probably can't throw that either, so it doesn't matter, but that's irrelevant. The point is, is this motherfucker thinks he's hot shit. Yeah. And we already thought. And, Look at that picture. Okay, so Wait, for everything he's, he's that we thought CM Punk, at least CM Punk had the clout behind him when he thought he was hot shit. What the fuck? Bobby Fish? What? Where this come from, dude? Like, we've never had any problems with Bobby Fish that we know of behind the scenes anywhere else, whether that be Ring of Honor or NXT or whatever. But for some reason, dude. Roman Gladiator Coliseum. Hey, W. Back in when he fought dinosaurs back in the day, like I don't, like I don't, (laughs) I don't know what the fuck is going on, dude. Bobby Fish, dude. Oh my God, who looks like he led the first ever big game hunting tournament. Uh. He looks like the hunter from Jumanji. <laughs> looks like the looks like yeah, like looks, looks like the colonel from Jumanji. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know what's going on here, but this dude has a serious issue with Tony Khan, CM Punk, uh, some other people in AEW, and apparently, what is assumed is that Triple H got in Bobby Fish's ear to try to get Cole and O'Reilly and maybe Swerve as well back to. WWE because now Triple H is in charge and probably honestly Triple H I'm not gonna say that he's absolved from anything because of course we had the tampering reports or whatever but I mean it could have been as simple as hey find out how much time is left on their contract if they're interested whatever it wasn't like he was offering them like straight up contracts or anything he just wanted to send out feelers basically right and he used Bobby Fish to do this so Bobby Fish took this and ran with it According to what we're all learning as we go along here, I'm not saying that any of this is uh, set in stone factual, but apparently he goes up to Cole, Swerve O'Reilly, trying to get these people like, hey, man, let's all go back over. Because the reports were like a few weeks ago, remember, he would die for Triple H, right? That's run through a wall. Yeah, he would do do all this shit for Triple H. Go to war for that man, right? So, Who knew that the other side of that wall was the impact zone? Holy shit. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Cole, O'Reilly, Swerve all said no. Bobby Fish already buried fucking CM Punk and Tony Khan in headlines on Twitter and everything else. So he was odd man out. Tony Khan was like, I'm not fucking renewing your contract type deal. That was already probably a short term one anyway, because I think if everybody remembers correctly, he was the very first one out of the undisputed elite that came over. Um, Because he lost to Sammy Guevara in an open challenge TNT title match or whatever. So anyway, so Tony Khan pretty much probably used Bobby Fish better than Triple H is trying to use Bobby Fish right now, right? (laughs) He got everybody else to come over with Bobby Fish, and then Bobby Fish is gone. So Bobby Fish, who's 102 years old, is now at Impact because he couldn't get back with WWE because he couldn't bring any of the people that Triple H actually wanted back with him. So he had to go to Impact, and then he did his debut on Impact, and uh, it was less than stellar, should we say? Cut the worst promo I've seen in months. Uh, 
just he weird came out in the middle of what well, you said 40 i said 20 it, you're probably closer it was probably about 40 people 40 so he comes out in front of 40 people who are all hyping him up i <laughs> yeah kind of they were dead when he was talking oh my god they were hyping him up and then like he was feeling himself and then he proceeded to not say anything of substance yeah he said um he said i i've been a lightning rod of controversy as of late like bro that doesn't count when it's you going to the public to talk shit on your own and hoping people pay attention to it lightning rod of controversy the way that a lightning rod works is stuff comes to it okay well everyone's seen a lightning rod in action maybe back when you were hanging out with fucking ben franklin but the the point <laughs> of that phrase is that oh, you are shit. attracting it uh without intentionally doing it um you are trying to get attention that is a completely different thing you're not a lightning rod of controversy you're just a shit talker clout um, chaser yeah it's not and it's you know talking shit about people that will draw more money in one show than you ever have in your life and you know i'm not i'm not like kevin nash level with uh the oh you got to draw money or you're not really uh like not good or whatever i don't believe that but it's pretty obvious when what you're doing is specifically to try to get clout off of people that draw way more money than you were trying to start show the people that draw way more money um let me just throw this out there. Stuff. The person that he has the most issue with, obviously, it's Punk. And this whole started kind of when he tried to act, act like he kicked out of the GTS or whatever, right? And the ref counted anyway because, huh? 3.1. Yeah. So he tries to kick out and no-sell it. I'm surprised Punk didn't try to fight him backstage after that or right there, honestly. Because well, wouldn't that piss me? Wouldn't that piss you off more than shit that Adam Page said in a promo that was yes. supposed to blur the lines of reality? Yes. I think and that would piss clear, me off more. To be clear, Bobby Fish would beat the absolute shit out of Sam Punk. So this, that's probably part of it, too. Um, he's not going to pick a fight. I don't know, does. dude. Like, if he's already on his back and he just did that shit to me and you just jump on him and start pounding him, there's no, like, people are going to come out there and separate that shit before even we even find that out, honestly. Okay. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I, I think you're putting a little bit too much stock into Bobby Fish, honestly. I, I think you're putting too much into Sam Punk. He's a man who can't throw a punch. Um but yeah, uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, you don't have to um, throw a punch. You can throw elbows. <laughs> I think he remembers that. You can throw right. anything. You can throw anything, dude. You can throw a chair, apparently. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't saying punk, but yeah. yeah um, you can throw your teeth on somebody. It don't matter. Uh, but anyway, the thing is, with All Fish, right. is, uh, oh my God. Um, well, I guess if Perfect can take down Lesnar on a plane, I guess it's possible that Fish could have won, even though he's 102 years old. Um, dude, Bobby Fish is actually Bobby Fish. Dude, Bobby Fish is old as fuck. It, that doesn't matter. Like he's actually okay. Whatever. Was it we more have, laughable that when he when he the he did the like did the Zoom interview and then he like his look completely changed like he just got old overnight because well, he, he stopped using dye. Yeah. yeah, no shit. <laughs> that was so bad. That's so bad. All right. So anyway. This apparently stemmed from that. Like, like that was the beginning of this. And he tried to say that Punk was an asshole backstage before the match, and that's why he did it. But no one can be that big of an asshole for you to fucking kick out of their fucking very protected finisher. Right. That, in that short amount of time, there's no way. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I don't buy that at all. I think he was just right. using that uh, to fuel his own agenda, to be honest with you. Um and with the shit that he's man. done since then doesn't help his case and doesn't make him look in any way better. 
trying to fucking poach talent for WWE. Listen, talent that was, clearly is not going to go. It was a slow pin, but even still, like you're talking about one of the top guys in the company. You know what's really funny about the the Bobby Fish thing? I, I just found this out while looking into him. Um, I think last night. So Sam Punk made that comment about how the EVPs can't run a target or whatever. Right before Bobby Fish got signed to ROH, he had just taken a job with Target. He had just taken a job with the Target Distribution Center, and then ROH was then ROH signed him, and then he didn't have to end up doing that job. As I saw, it was kind of funny. Um, wonder if that's related to the deep lore. Sam <laughs> Punk making them them deep cuts. Uh, but yeah, um, long term storytelling. Yeah, like 2012. Um, so I know that it was a slow pin. Kind of get it, but like even still, it's just not something you do. And then him trying to talk shit about Punk's kicks and whatever. The kick that Punk threw, where he like was doing the fake foot injury angle, whatever. It really wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad enough to be talking shit about it, especially not in a wrestling context where you can't throw a fucking real kick. You have to pull it some, otherwise you're gonna kick somebody in the head. And knock him the fuck out. So he's comparing it to a real kick and saying, oh, well, that didn't look good. Buddy, if he threw a real kick and hit Moxley in the fucking head with a real kick, first of all, that doesn't do the job of selling the planted foot. And two, that's not what pro wrestling is. So it's not supposed to be one-to-one. It just looks so, like it was such a weird thing to bitch about for like days too. It was like such but clear. My other thing is, is why? Okay, so when Ronda Rousey was tapping out motherfuckers with an armbar in fucking UFC in two seconds because that shit hurt, and then she's doing it for fucking a minute, right. and finally has somebody tap out in WWE. She she just she just doesn't remember how to fucking do an armbar anymore. Like that's the same no. concept, right? Pro wrestlers are on way more painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> They're so much stronger. That's a dark oh, it's Mutant uh, League over here, baby. Yeah, it is fucking mutant. It kind of is Mutant League. Goddamn Bobby Lashley and Lesnar over there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking of Mutant League, Brian Cage sighting. We didn't get to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Brian Cage sighting. Rumble that was pretty cool. Dalton Castle sighting. I like that Golden yeah. Ticket Battle Royale. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was all right, a, so that what was... about Bobby Fish? Like, what, what the fuck? Like, what did this all lead what to? Happened? Just him and Impact talking about nothing. So he tried to play the fucking game. Uh, and, you know, it's all about the game and how you play it. And he didn't play it very well. And he did not. Did not. Now he's fucked. <laughs> he has. Uh, it's crazy because apparently, and I don't think I don't think I wrote or said this earlier. I should say, uh, we did read about this though. When he went to Cole and Swerve and whatever, and they said no. Apparently, Cole and Swerve went to TK and tried to tell TK that, hey, Bobby Fish is trying to get motherfuckers to go back to WWE with Triple H and trying to get us to leave. That's crazy to me, right? No, I'll, not really. If you have a boss that's giving you everything you want. Cole told him? If you have a boss giving you all the shit you want, you care about the company being successful, it makes total sense for him to go to them with that. To me. That's crazy to me, dude. That's crazy. It's to not me like Cole. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish are best fucking friends or anything. Adam yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how close they are. Obviously, with the yeah. and stuff. I mean, I, obviously, Cole and O'Reilly are huge friends, and then O'Reilly right. and Fish are, but I don't know right. Cole and Fish. But and and no, Jesus. And either way, you're talking about somebody who's like some of their best friends are EVPs at the company. That is the worst person to try to get to like sabotage the company. You're ridiculous. That man came Why over. Why do you think that would work? That kid, he came over, didn't have to change anything, has a awesome theme song, has everybody behind him, got to work oh, with yeah. his friends again, his EVP, his friends are in charge technically, sorta. I mean they're suspended right now, but right. in charge. 
Uh, he gets to work with his longtime girlfriend again. He gets to stream right. on Twitch again, out the gate, yeah. not now, magically after after the fact. He gets to do everything he wanted to do without losing a step. Didn't have to cut his hair or change his name or manage Keith Lee, you know, right. shit like that. Like, and you thought <laughs> he was going to go back? You thought he was going <laughs> to go back with you? Come yeah. on, man. And honestly, they're they're because of all the talent that AEW has at the top. He's not feeling as stressed about like needing to carry the company in any way either. Like you throw that on Mox apparently, but it's not, it was not his job. Like it might be in, in WWE. They're not going to put so much on him. And like, yeah, it just in no reality would it have made sense given all the circumstances for Paul to leave. So it was just a bad, 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 bad idea by fish didn't work out. And now he's where he deserves to be. And all right. The, let's uh, talk about the last thing. Right? Let's talk about this last topic here on hot tag topics. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier the best part of WWE right now is clearly the bloodline stuff. And welcome Sammy Uso into the group, my friend. That was so cool. He was so hyped. He gets to be with um uh he's an honorary Us now. He got this t-shirt. Uh was super hyped, was hugging everybody, did the little uh hand thing. The only one that didn't seem to enjoy it was uh Jay, right? Jay Uso was the only one that really not on board with Sami Zayn being in the group. Um, at least when he was going around, you know, high-fiving and hugging everybody and stuff like that. And then he officially acknowledged um, Roman as his tribal chief or whatever. Fucking fantastic stuff. What do you think this eventually leads into? Because this is this is uh, really taking over here. Uh, I think it was going to be a, like really a throwaway storyline. But it's turned into something way better. Like, it started out with Disco Inferno trying to get into the NWO Wolfpack, but it's turned into something way better than that. And now he's, like, actually an honorary member of the fucking group or whatever. Do you think they eventually turn on him and that he gets back with Owens like the uh, initial plan was? Or do you think this actually gets drawn on for a little bit longer now? There's a lot they can do with this if they have continuity in mind. So you remember when all the Tribal Chief stuff started? It was Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns and that like really good story that they put together. Um, yeah, because the, it, for some reason it took him the longest to be acknowledged or, or to acknowledge Roman out of right. everybody. Yeah, right. And now he's the one trying to sow dissent about a guy who is pretty clearly aligned with them and trying to help them out and whatever. And that might end up sowing dissent with him and Roman and they go back and, and revisit that. Uh, that would be a good callback to some of the older stuff. Um, you hurt your tag division doing that. I think because obviously that puts Jimmy in a weird spot in storyline. Um, but they could be going to that now. I would the way that they were going with the the KO uh, Zane thing. I think would have been interesting. I think now this is more interesting, unless um, they could still involve KO where Jay is like fucking with Sammy too much, and then KO comes out, and then they do some like KO Roman Reigns program where Sammy doesn't really know who to side with or whatever, but eventually ends up siding with Roman, and then Jay splits off, um, and they do that Reigns-Jay program, I guess. And then that's how you could build to The Rock, where The Rock comes back and he's like, you don't have your family in order, whatever, you're beating up on your cousin, like, he's trying to... Well, and there's a lot of ways they could do this, I guess. Um, this is why it's the only, I think, interesting thing they have going on right now, is because it's the one thing where it's, it's not like... A, kind of predictable path what they're doing with it um so yeah i i don't know and that's why it's good uh, okay so the solo sokoa 
uh, emergence out of nowhere. Do you think that mm-hmm. has to do with Roman taking so many pay-per-views and shows off now? Do you think that they, he's going to fill in that void when they do the three-man tags and stuff like that? That's why he's there, basically. And also, isn't it weird that they had him win the North American title and then fucking had to relinquish it the next week? I did not like that at all. I did not like that. And I thought it would have been cool to have the tag champs as the Usos, the world champ with Roman, him with the North American title, and then you could have had Sammy win the 24-7 title and act like he was part of the thing and like he was just as prestigious with him, especially now that he's the honorary Usos. I thought that would have been fucking hilarious and would have worked really well. Um, but they, they ended up having him give back the title. I did not like that at all. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do that anyway, just don't book the match or don't book him to win it. Like, it, it none of it made sense to me. Um, it... It, it reeked of, like, a last-minute decision to move him to the main roster, and then they had to kind of wreck on what they had just done in, like, the most awkward way possible. So, Or, like, they were trying to pad him a little bit so that when he wins something on, on the main roster, it doesn't look as big of a surprise. Like, who the fuck is this guy, and why is he now winning could, against people? Could be now that, you can too. say former North American champion. Could be that, too. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, to, yeah, that, that could be it. I guess, um, but it still it still just feels to me like they booked it, planning something different for him, and then they were like, "Let's call him up." So we'll see. And while we're talking about SmackDown, we also have to mention uh, they probably lost the best part of their show, Pat McAfee, for a while. He signed the new deal with ESPN to be part of the College Game Day, and of course, he still has his YouTube channel as well. Uh, good for him. He's probably getting paid out the ass and gets to do all the stuff that he loves, but we also know that he loves wrestling a lot. And he will be back from time to time, I assume, with WWE. He still has the connection, and he brought Bianca Belair on College Game Day this past weekend because they were in Tennessee, and that's where she went to school um, to do like the, the predictions with Lee Corso and all of them. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I guess we'll we'll see him from time to time, and the door's not completely closed, but like that's a big loss from week to week on commentary over there on SmackDown. Yeah, and having to fill that with Corey Graves is not ideal. Um, Brutal. Yeah. Um, all the way I thought Corey what, Graves was like close to coming back. Like he was thinking about coming back to wrestle. He, apparently, he got cleared. Um, but maybe at some point he realized, like, hey, I can still make just as good of money without risking plane damage. So, who knows? Nobody's um, buying Corey Gray's merchandise as an announcer, though. Like, I think you could make more money, technically. I mean, obviously, it would be more wear and tear on your body, and you already got Carmella as your wife, so, like, maybe that's the smart play. But, like, if you really love wrestling like a Daniel Bryan did, it ain't going to fucking does. matter. I don't think he does. What, what indication is there that he does? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying if. I said if you do. Like, well, nobody, loves, nobody loves wrestling like Daniel Bryan. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't see him coming back. I, I think he, he might have gotten cleared, or he might have gotten told, like, hey, it's possible for you to get cleared. But, man, if that's me, and I'm, I'm looking at those two roles, and I'm like, okay, I can get paid $200,000 a year to do commentary, or I can get paid $400,000 a year to be fucking lower mid-card, getting my ass beat. I'm gonna do a commentator thing. I don't know. I think he could have been. A, I think he could have been a former world champ when he was in NXT. Like he had, he had the it factor when he's in NXT for sure. Um, here's the other thing too: the there's no commentators on house shows, so your travel schedule gets significantly heavier and worse uh, if you're doing the live shows. Then again, he might already be going to the ones that Carmella's on. Who knows? Um, I, I mean, even double the salary though, I probably wouldn't. 
I probably wouldn't go like, yeah, let me fuck up my body uh, to get more money in this case. Well, you could pull a Jerry Lawler thing too and wrestle every now and then and still be an announcer. Yeah, but why? Who wants to see it? Double contract. Yeah, I understand. Uh, is the new brand and color. But I don't understand what, like, that's not a draw. Like, nobody's like, oh, I can't wait for this Corey Graves match. Like, what's the... What's the well, I can't help that they can't write that? stories, bro. Like, that's what makes the draw. It's not necessarily Corey Graves. If there's good stories behind it, then I'm going to give a fuck. That's the problem with WWE right now. That's the, why the Uso thing in the bloodline is the only good thing on right now for WWE. What other yeah. good storyline is going on in WWE right now? There are zero good storylines. I don't like the cross Drew McIntyre stuff. Yeah. I don't either. I don't um, like the Judgment Day stuff. So, like, I mean, that's literally all they got. And that's why I don't watch week to week because the whole show isn't isn't good. Like, even even if it was solid, I would watch it week to week. But that's the only good thing going um, on. And the then, of course, the bad. mystery of the White Rabbit is super brand new because it was happening on house shows and they just started doing it on the main show. So that's not even enough to get me going uh, for week to week. So, yeah, there's nothing going on right now. Lesnar's out right now. Like, there's nothing to tune in for for to watch a three-hour and a two-hour show every week. It's just not enough shit going on. The Bailey stuff isn't bad. No, um, yeah, I like the Bailey stuff, obviously, for other reasons, too. But, the, yeah, but yeah I mean, clearly. Oh, you're being a pervert. I see. Um, Horny on the, me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, um, like, that's good for the, for the women. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but again, you only got what the one women segment on Raw every week, so that's not what's whatever. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. Liv Morgan going to drop the title to Ronda Rousey soon, so who cares? Um the the uh, Imperium stuff isn't bad. The the whole like uh, Imperium versus uh, you know, Sheamus uh, and whatever. Yeah. But I don't think they're doing that anymore. It wasn't uh, it was the Usos versus uh, it was the Usos versus them on SmackDown when they did the double super kick to Pete Dunne when he tried to do the yeah. moonsault thing, they're, yeah, they're and all the E drones acted like it was the first time they've ever seen a spot like that, which is ridiculous to me. But that just feels the Usos versus Young Bucks divide or whatever. All right, so we got to move on to mark that tweet though, because I got okay. a good one for you. Yeah, see are you ready for this? I have, um, Ryan has not seen this mark that tweet yet. But we're going to hit you up with the mark that tweet. This is going to be so good. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Mark that tweet, baby. The best part of the show. Oh, man. Okay. So PM Skunk. All right. Replied and said, who the hell is that? Said, who the hell is that? And they were talking about Great Muda. All right. All right. So I'm <laughs> Okay. So. Big wrestling fans, boy. So Melissa, at Melissa x1125 quote tweeted and said not at a who for great mood of the disrespect and of course pm skunk saw this quote tweet and said never heard of him in my life and i've been watching pro wrestling for 30 years 30 okay. years that's pretty crazy okay because, um, all right so was, 30 years ago what year was it? uh 1980 no 1992 1992 and uh was he not in the middle of a huge feud with sting in the early 90s in 92, um, he, that was more the mid-90s, wasn't it? Mm, no, well, late, the, or the later 90s, he had the stable with Muda and Vampiro. The mid-90s, he was doing the IWGP shit, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but the early 90s, um, he was fighting Sting in WCW. Yeah, so you're talking about, um, like, 89, 90. Like, early, early. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure Muda was in there in 91, 92, though, right? I swear he was. I thought he went back to New Japan during that. Um, I mean, they did do Starcade at the Tokyo Dome, so I guess. Okay, like okay. So let's say let's say he let's say he's not 30 years old. Let's say he's actually been watching wrestling for 30 years, right? Because that's what he says. Even, oh, you mean if like was, even if he had fucking wrestled Sting for two years prior to when he started watching it, wouldn't you still know who the fuck Great Muda is? You should, because he was still doing appearances all the way through late 90s, if I recall correctly. And you do, because I just said he was in a fucking feud or in a stable with the demon uh, Sting and Vampiro in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Before, C before WCW went out, basically. Like, they was on their downfall. But yeah, they had a feud. I mean, they had a, a stable, rather. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Okay, well, you still had him going against Terry Funk, Ric Flair, uh, Sting, right before this dude started watching, if he's telling the truth about watching pro wrestling for 30 years. There's no way you've watched pro wrestling since 1992 and don't know who the fuck Great Muda is. There's zero there, fucking... Listen. No, there's, there's zero. There, there is a way. He only zero. ever watched. He only ever watched WWF. And here we go. And this is when Anish Satya, uh, two, because it's apparently there's another one. He said, "Ha ha, okay, really? He was he was almost in every major promotions in America, except maybe not in WWE. If you haven't seen him, you haven't been watching pro wrestling other than WWE, which is what you basically just said." And he right. said, so he wasn't in WWE, question mark, so he's never been in a proper promotion. If you've been watching since 1992, so you didn't know WCW existed? You didn't know WCW existed? You didn't know ECW existed? You didn't know IWGP existed? A promotion I... that famously was pulling more than WWF was for 80 however many weeks, 82? So he only knows Sting from his two appearances in WWE? It's not a major promotion. No, it's not a proper promotion, but it was doing better business than the promotion that you consider a proper promotion for a year and a half. You're right, man. You figured it out. Um, yeah, this guy's a fucking idiot. I don't. Some of these don't, that, that doesn't do, make any sense to me. There's just there's nothing to say. Like because to be this, <laughs> it's like it's like saying like I've been watching football for thirty years. I've never heard of John Madden. What are you talking about, bro? Like, in how? Yeah, what like, no shit, no shit. The you new, the new Madden game has has Madden on the front as a legacy cover because you know he passed away, right? So right. this was the first game that came out after he passed away, and they have Madden on the front, like in the old days when it first came out. So that is like saying I've been playing Madden for twenty years, and who the fuck is this guy on the cover? Who's John Madden? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it's like. Uh, it's real weird. Um. I mean, especially because, like, I get maybe you don't watch All Japan, okay? Or you don't watch Noah. Cool, fine, whatever. But this man was also IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, I know that Junior he, heavyweight he, champion too, right? Wasn't he junior heavyweight champion in over there too? Uh, when he was, he when was, he was great Muda Muda, not, not, uh, not Muto, but Muda? When he had the face paint and not the mask? I, don't I swear know. I thought he was. Maybe he never was junior heavyweight. I know, I swear I, I thought he fought Liger and shit a few times over there. But maybe it was just a cross-division thing. Maybe I don't know. I know he won a G one. Um, and like this man has had multiple battles with Great Sasuke, Liger, Ultimo Dragon. You're trying to, and Sting and Ric Flair, and you're telling me you've never heard of Great Muda in your life. That's what you said. You know what I'm curious about? Let me let me look something up real quick. Great Muda P 
PWI. Yeah, PWI for sure. He's he, I know he's had to, had some top tens. Had to have. Uh, PWI ranked him number twenty five of the best five hundred singles wrestlers in two thousand three, and he was number three. He was number three in two thousand two. The highest, his highest ever ranking, and the second highest ranking ever achieved by a Japanese wrestler. Because obviously Masala got second. Um, so yeah, he was number three in two thousand two's PWI, but you've never heard of. Him. In 2002, he was number three, and he was wrestling in 89. And in 2003, he was ranked number three. And you've never heard of him. Come on, man. That's the most bullshit statement I've ever seen in my life. You have not been watching pro wrestling for 30 years. You watched WWE for 30 years. You know, I'm going to look through the top five of the PWI since 91 and see if there's anybody in there I don't recognize. Holy shit, Sabu got number five in here? What the fuck is Ahmed Johnson doing in here? But I still know who he is. Yeah, we're not we're not saying we agree with it. We're saying do we know them, right? Right. Yeah. I think the only the only person in here that I could say you might have an argument for not knowing who they are is Mystico. He's in there a couple times. And I, I would understand that kind of. But he knows who he is because he's Sin Cara. Because he was in WWE. I, well, <laughs> he, he knows who Sin Cara proper, is. He doesn't that was know in, who he was in a is. proper promotion, okay? Mystico is not in a proper promotion, but Sin Cara is. Mystico is not in a proper promotion, but Sin Cara definitely. Um, absolutely. No. Um, but yeah, I guarantee if you said, oh, it's Sin Cara, then he would know because that was when he was in WWE. Yeah, this is not Jesus someone that Christ. watches pro wrestling. You've not watched pro wrestling for 30 years, you've watched one product. For thirty years, um, you watch. You know, I hate. I, I don't. I don't really like doing the distinction between sports entertainment and pro wrestling thing. I think it's kind of like corny or whatever. But I will say, it is a distinctly different product. Like it's its own thing. Um, and to say that you've no, it's the pro same thing, but one is different like, wrinkles than the other one. Is what you're saying? Like it's the same yeah. thing. It's all technically sports entertainment. It's all technically pro wrestling. Just one leans more heavily on one thing than the other. Right. It, yeah. It's like. Um, it's like it's the same genre but a different it's like a psychological thriller versus like a fucking slasher movie like they're they're both horror but not they're not the same thing it's like a different uh iteration of it and that's kind of how i view people that only watch wwe it's like yeah you watch one type but um, if you're a sports entertainment entertainment fan you would like great muda yeah, Craig oh, Huda has you, all the hey. has all the bells and whistles of a fucking sports entertainer. But then when he gets in the ring, he's a fucking pro wrestler. And then he's got the gimmick with the mist, like a sports entertainer. Like, there's yeah. no way you haven't heard of fucking Craig Huda. Zero chance. Have you seen the entrance where the dude comes out with the genie lamp and like throws it into a hole on the ramp, and then it shoots up a bunch of fog, and then the fog clears, and like Muda's standing there, like he came out of the lamp. It's just so good. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's clearly sports entertainment, bro. Um, I yeah, this is wildly stupid to me i this is like this okay, is like let's, self, I, let's say this, this is like this, a when, the, when like stupid you are when jim ross when jim ross and michael cole and taz and all of them weren't getting bogged down by everything that they had to say on announcing mm-hmm. didn't people reference muda all the time when somebody did a really quick elbow drop or a really quick snap suplex like that was what muda was known for muda created that style or whatever and they fucking mentioned it constantly even though Muda was never in the fucking promotion. So even if you've been watching for 30 years, 
you had to have heard of who he was. Yeah, I mean, you ever heard of the fucking, uh, the Moodalock? Like, <laughs> who do you think that's named after, bro? As, uh, I don't, uh, you know. But what do you, what do you say about these people? It's very weird. Um, Thirty years, bro. Thirty years, and, and doesn't know PWI top three in two thousand two. There, there's a point with some of these people, man, where it's like you're just you're self-reporting that you don't know shit about the thing that you act like you care so much about. It's like uh, it's like if I were to say, "Fucking, I'm the world's biggest Lord of the Ring fan," which I don't really know that much about, but. Let's say that there's a like, there's a part of me that kind of wants to go to this dude's profile and type in Liger because Liger showed up in NXT against Tyler Breeze, right? For yeah, the but takeover. A, but they played a video package, so it's fine. Yeah, um, I want to know if he knew who Liger was. I want to know if it said <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Liger is because Liger, he was a never w, he was never in WWE before that. So I want to know. You know do you know you who should. Liger? Do you know who Liger was at that time? You've been you watching it for thirty said. years. Should do instead. Look up his profile and search for Muda and see if he's ever mentioned him like two years ago or something. That's always the funniest shit to me. When somebody's like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? But then you go search your profile. And they were talking about him like when they were in the WWE or when they were doing some other shit. Like, you're, you're just you're talking shit, bro. And I don't know why. Trying to impress Jim Cornette, trying to get that follow. Speaking of follows, are you blocked by Teddy Long? I checked earlier when everybody else was posting it. I am not blocked by Teddy Long on either account, either my main uh, nor my or the show one. We're not, not blocked either, by Teddy Long. Hell yeah, brother. We're good. Uh, We've finally, survived. I, I saw a, I saw a Tom and Tonga tweet this morning. That was nice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, PM yeah, Skunk must be getting murdered because he has protected his tweets. Oh, oh I can still God. search his tweets though, right? Can I still search them though? You can. You can't search his tweets but you can do um you can google his username and then put that in quotation marks and then put uh muda in the same thing and it'll sometimes show like cash stuff um wait 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 what is this what hold on a second pm skunk on reddit It might not be the same guy, though, because obviously that, that was like a gimmick that they did for... Uh, it might not be the same guy. But he is active on Reddit, which I would assume means he's active on pretty much shit in general. weird um there's there's just no way that you've been fucking watching wrestling for 30 i don't even care if you've been only watching WWE. there's no way you don't know who the fuck great moto is bro there's no way there's no way i just don't see how that's possible especially if you've been on social media for any length of time as well yeah um with the it, with the retirement thing that came out when he won the ghc title heavyweight title not that long ago like a year year ago or whatever I just, how have you never heard of him? Never heard of him in your life. You know, somebody was saying something similar too about Juice Robinson. They were like, um, well, this doesn't make any sense. CJ Parker. They, post, 
They post- <laughs> they You've heard of CJ um- Parker, haven't you, motherfucker? Yeah. So they posted a, uh, no, this was about him getting the Eliminator match. So they posted a, uh, like a screenshot of the rankings or some shit. And they're like, well, he's not on here. So why is he getting a title Eliminator match? Blah, blah, blah. Even after Tony Khan explicitly says in the tweet where he's announcing it, what the logic is behind it. It's like, yeah, he's one of the only people with a win over Moxley in 2022. So we're going to give him a, a title Eliminator match, whatever. They've wrestled several times. Um, and this guy's like, his reply, when someone points this out, is, uh, oh, but that was all on, like, the G1 and then New Japan. This is AEW. It's like, why why is your brain so fucking, like, comatose about the fact that the way that WWE treats their product like they're the only company is not the only way to do things. Other companies can acknowledge that other companies exist and that other things happen in those companies. You're so brain rotted by their insistence of never naming or not acknowledging anybody else's anything that they've done outside of the company or whatever, that you think that's normal, but it's not fucking normal. They, that was, that's not, it doesn't have to be that. way. And, and it's crazy too, because a lot of these people are the same people that were just bitching about how WWE never acknowledged outside promotions. That's why it was such a big deal when CM Punk dropped the pipe bomb and mentioned Ring of Honor in New Japan in the pipe bomb promo, because they never let you fucking say anything that you've ever accomplished other than what you've accomplished in WWE, which is fucking stupid, unless you had special clearance to make your make that promo uh, that company look better, like Ric Flair's 16 title reigns that clearly happened in another promotion, as well as his two title reigns or three title reigns that happened in WWE. Technically, they should be if they were doing what the fuck they do with everybody else. Ric Flair's only a three-time world champion. So here's here's another interesting thing about that too. If you if that's really the mentality that you have, let's say. Nothing that anybody has done outside of WWE counts. It shouldn't count toward their title shots. Couldn't, shouldn't count toward where they are on the card, like any of that shit. When AJ Styles debuted at the Royal Rumble, why did you give a shit? Why were you okay with him, like, pretty much going to the top of the card? Because Jericho it wasn't based against on the Rock. Why was everybody cheering for Jericho when he, he debuted against the, the Rock Royal and Rumble. was automatically a main event fucking star instead of having to work his way up and earn right. wins? And why it's is just, he getting a title shot over all these other people? Because you already knew who he was. You knew what he did in other promotions, and it counted to you. Yes, it's, it's completely disingenuous when they do this shit. Um, and it, it makes no sense to me. It's like, you, are you too dumb to keep up with multiple promotions at once? Because I'm not. And by the way, the difference between AJ Styles and Jericho is WCW didn't let Jericho do anything past the fucking TV title. Right, and look and at where he, where, look where he was positioned as soon as he came in. At least yep. AJ Styles won fucking world championships in other promotions. Jericho didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird, dude. The, the selective memory of wrestling fans is it's, fucking it's outrageous. Not a memory, if you say, if you tell them, like, hey, well, here's three examples of. Well, I mean, if you give them the examples, you get blocked, like so they don't want to hear it. <laughs> so it don't matter. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting at. They don't want to fucking hear it. They don't want to acknowledge the inconsistency in their positions. Like, it physically hurts them, apparently, because then they have to block. Like, and it's not even like I'm usually mean to them. Like, sometimes I'll call somebody a dipshit just because I like that word. But usually, if I'm pointing out that something somebody says doesn't make sense, I'm pretty, like, matter of fact about it. I'm not, like, calling them an idiot straight off the bat. And they're just, like, so mind-rotted, man. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know why anybody has that much allegiance to one company. It's just strange. These are the same people that thought. These are the same people that always post that the 2008 
WWE roster was insane. <laughs> don't don't forget that. Don't forget that, bro. Do uh, not forget that. Like that's the same people we're talking to right now. Stacked roster. Oh god. Oh man, the 2006 roster was so stacked. Oh man. Come on, man. Come on, dude. All right, so we got to hit PM Skunk with you know what from MJF. He's got a special message for you, PM Skunk, and we're going to officially mark this. You don't know shit. Your opinions suck. You fucking mark. Nice. Enjoy, PM Skunk. You have officially made the mark that tweet list here on the Monster Cast. That was one of the dumbest ones we've had. There's zero chance that you've not heard of fucking who the fuck Great Muda is if you've been watching wrestling for 30 years, even if it was just WWE, WWF. That's that's fucking asinine. Never been in a proper promotion. Yikes. Yikes. That's going to do it for the show this week, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously. Oh, my God. I'm sure we'll have some other great nonsense to talk about for Mark That Tweet, and hopefully we can get some more light shed on the Malachi Black, the uh, Buddy Matthews, the CM Punk, the suspensions. We heard some people already came back from the suspension stuff, but I didn't really want to talk too much about it because we spent so much time on it our last show a couple weeks ago, like 45 minutes on the whole thing. So we're trying to let it breathe a little, and uh, when more stuff comes out about it, we will uh, definitely uh, recover it all. But the other thing is... is uh, I'm most excited about this week to see what the fuck uh, Soraya actually says on Dynamite. She's supposed to talk for the first time. So we're, we'll probably get a little bit more of an inkling of what they're going to do with her uh, right out the gate here. So that should be fun. As long as it's not 10, pro- 10 of the same promos like they did with Sting, we should be fine um, when he first came in. Uh, but yeah, so that was that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to most. And of course, the uh, Juice Robinson-Moxley uh, match. I, I'm interested to see how strong they let Juice Robinson be against Moxley. Because you've got the fact that Moxley was supposed to take a vacation, didn't, had another hardcore match with uh, Danielson uh, not that long ago. So, for a week apart, obviously. So, it's going to be interesting to see how much offense and how close they let Robinson to make you uh, think he's going to actually have a legit shot here, or do they have Moxley just fucking completely bury him? It's going to be interesting to see how that works. It wouldn't be a bad idea to work that into the storyline of how he loses. Like he's just running himself ragged, being such a fighting champion or whatever. He's fighting yeah, like Cody Rhodes style. Week, like top yeah, dudes. Cody Rhodes yeah. TNT Open Challenge style every uh-huh. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's just beat up, banged up, and then fucking loses it because you can't do that forever. And then he can take his vacation. I think that'd be fine. Yeah, that might be what it is to lead to the MJF finally winning it, too, because that would be a good way to uh, finally get him to do it. I mean, I feel bad for him because motherfucker was he's already been killing it for you. He already had the break, but it was for rehab reasons. Comes back killing it straight. Pretty much cold turkey with the alcohol. If you think about it, he was only gone for like three months. Right. So coming back, putting his body through all that shit in multiple promotions. About to fucking take the two weeks off. Has to fucking come back, win the title again, have another two crazy matches with Guevara and Danielson. Now he's got to fight Juice. Then he's got to fight Paige. Then he's going to have to fight MJF. So if there's ever been anyone that deserves the time off, it was fucking Moxley. Uh, and one last note, since we did bring up PWI briefly for the Muda conversation. Um, oh, we're going to talk about that next week because I wanted to make that. I wanted to talk about that because they came out last week when we didn't do the show because I felt like shit. And we were definitely going to talk about that. And I totally forgot to put it on the show. We will dive more into that next week i promise because that top 10 is one of the worst top 10s i've ever seen in my life yeah i don't is maybe pm skunk wrote it who knows 
Uh, he, was, he was only watching the <laughs> And I, the, the problem, the problem I have isn't even what you would think I would have. Like, I don't have, a, I have a problem with how high he is and that's CM Punk. I don't have a problem with him being in the top 10. He was already there for over a year. If depending on when the fuck this time frame was, we were talking about that, that all out show was a year from his, from the Darby show. Right. So it was literally a year. So depending on when their thing is, I don't have a problem with him being in the top 10 because of all the feuds and wins and everything that he had in a big promotion. I do have a problem with him being number three, but my biggest problem is probably Gresham and I, I, and some other stuff, obviously, but my biggest problem with who's in the top 10 that they ranked is Gresham. My problem with the biggest one that's not in the top 10 is clearly Moxley. How the fuck, how the fuck is Moxley not in the top 10? Moxley at the top three easily. And then you've got... I don't give a fuck what time frame you used. How is he yeah. not top 10? It's it's crazy to me because, and I know we'll talk about it more, but how do you have Cody Rhodes above John Moxley, not just above him, but above him by six places? You're fucking delusional. Yeah, I don't get it. We're definitely going to talk more about that next week for sure. Uh, I saw it's funny to me, by the way, and I'll throw this out there before we end the show. It's I just think it's very ironic that everybody talks about how they don't care about Melter's ratings or Melter, uh, his opinions or the PWI and their placement on the PWI. Yet there is a lot of people posting and boasting about their ranks on these PWIs. There's a lot of people boasting about their star ratings when they come out and they got a four and a half or a five star or whatever rating. I just think it's very interesting. The people that act like they don't care, but then they turn around and they clearly care. Like if I was a wrestler, I would care where you rank me at on a 500 list. I don't give a fuck if uh, you don't know shit about wrestling. I'd, I want to be number one on everything. I want to have a five-star match all the time. If I think it was a five-star match, like it's weird to me because it's almost the same concept as like Madden's uh, the Madden ratings when they come out and people always bitch about their Madden ratings, but then they try to act like, oh, I don't care about my Madden rating. I'll just let my work do the talking for me. But then when the Madden rating comes out, like what the fuck is this? Or, Hey, this is fucking awesome. I got a 99 rating in Madden. Yeah. yeah. It's the same concept. Like it's just weird to me that, that, that that exists in wrestling to that degree um but yeah it's interesting we'll see uh we'll talk about that definitely we'll probably I, you know what i might lead off the show with that so it doesn't because i know it's going to be old news by then but it'll give me more time to dive into the list like top 20 top 25 top 30 type deal as well um because it's fucking egregious fucking egregious that moxley's not in top 10 top five like you said top three there's no way there's no way there's no way that's that's fucking possible and you know what? I don't even hate Roman Reigns being first. You can make that argument. He's been super dominant for a long time. I know it's like partial kayfabe. Not having Moxley in the top three is a fucking crime. And I don't know what your personal issue is with him or what, but you're ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that more next week for sure. I'll make sure as soon as the show's over, I'll write it down on the notes app as number one topic so we can get that going. But I appreciate everybody that came through today and listened to the show. This will also be available on YouTube in the next couple of days and as well on Anchor slash Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, can't wait till next week. A lot of shit's going to happen again. And I hope everybody enjoyed basically the free fucking AEW pay-per-views that we got this week. Right. All right, doses.